right, y'all. This is not a drill. Go Off Sis Season 2 has indeed joined the chat. So sit back because we're coming right at you. This season is all about the glow up. We're on our grown woman game this time around, and so are you. First up, wellness check. It's crazy times right now with the Rona, and we're back on deck and checking in with ourselves, with each other, and with you. We also check in with the original sister, sister, Tia Mowry, who gives us the real talk on everything from how to cook in a pandemic to why representation on screen is more important than ever. Trust us, that Gossip Girl meme may hit a little different after you hear this. So pull up to the round table right now. We saved the seat for you, sis. We are back, we are, and we back, and we back, and we back. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Go Off Sis podcast. This is season two. So excited to be back with you guys. That is right, another season. Go Off Sis from the Refinery29 Unbothered Subbrand. Your faves fave is back, and we are ready to get into it. As always, our conversations are unfiltered. They are unshakable, and they are unbothered. Just like our conversations on Instagram and on site will be just as real as we always are. Let's get into it. We're changing it up a little bit this season because we got a lot going on. Last season, we had our incredible team members, Larice McMillian, Channing Hargrove, and Raven Baker. And this season, we are bringing you a whole new cast of incredible, unbothered sisters and family and friends. And I want to introduce some of them to you. We're going to start off with our sis, Stephanie Long. Stephanie, go ahead and introduce yourself to the family. Hey guys, Stephanie here. I pretty quietly joined the Unbother team a little over six months ago as the senior editor for the site. And I'm so happy to be here. Some fun facts. I'm from South Florida. I'm presently living in Brooklyn, like my high school self said I'd be back when I wanted to be Sydney Sean Brown Sugar. I'm an Aquarius, Cancer Rising, Taurus Moon. And while we're here, let me just say that contrary to popular belief, because folks like to talk shit about my sign being cold and detached, I'm actually a marshmallow. Aquarians just need some time and space sometimes, so let us live. Come on, Marshmallow. Sydney Shaw and a Marshmallow. Also, who <laughs> didn't want to be Sydney Shaw, okay? Come on. Yes, I love <laughs> it. And our good sis, Chelsea Sanders. Chelsea, I can't even introduce you because you have so many jobs. You're like a Jamaican child, so go ahead and hop on in and introduce yourself to the people. Hello, hello. I'm Chelsea Sanders. I have actually been lurking in the black round, the shadows of Unbothered, since its founding two years ago. I've been with the refinery for three years. My day job is actually the vice president of communications. So like I said, we're in the background, but look, real G's move in silence like lasagna. So <laughs> don't knock my hustle. We love a wheezy line. <laughs> yes. Okay. Classic. But um, I'm also a podcast producer on this and Unstyled and excited to be here and talking with you both. Yes. Come on being in the black round. Okay. We got folks in the black round and we are bringing them to the <laughs> foreground. My name is Danielle Cadet. I am the VP of Content Development and Strategy. Got a new title on y'all. 
And I'm also the managing editor of Unbothered. If you will remember, I'm a Gemini and I am not here for Gemini slander. We will not be friends. And we're so happy to be back, but let's talk about what we are coming back to, okay? Because 2020 got my order wrong, wrong, okay? I'm trying to return to sender. I am trying to cancel my subscription. Like Delete, delete, delete. Oh, delete, (laughs) delete. (laughs) When we said 2020 vision, this is not what I was envisioning at all. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, can I? Can I speak to a representative? Okay, I'm on the line like representative managers. Like, I was told by Apple Care. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we are in the throes of the COVID-19 epidemic, the pandemic, you know, as black folks like to call it, Dorona. Shout out to black folks for christening the term our, our own selves because you know we are the culture and we will figure it out, but we are dealing with the Rona and coronavirus has changed the world. It has changed our lives, our livelihoods. And over the past several weeks, you know, we've had some time to really settle in. All of us are fortunate enough to be able to work from home. And we're so thankful to be able to do that. And we really want to shout out the folks who are on the front lines, you know, health professionals, grocery store clerks, sanitary workers, so many people that are are just making it easier for us all to continue, you know, some semblance of normalcy. So really want to shout those folks out. And I want to talk about what we are doing. We have been trying to do it all. We've been trying to be creative. We've been trying to watch the shows, learn new things, cook new foods, bake banana bread, whatever it is. You know, and we've been going a little crazy in the process too. So let's talk about it. Chelsea, what have you been up to during Dorona? You know what? What have I not been up to? Okay. Let me tell you, I am not only booked and busy, but so tired. <laughs> and I think so, so tired. And I'm not doing anything. I'm in my house. My apartment <laughs> is maybe five feet. I can straddle it. But I think one of the things that I'm doing right now and you know, I think everyone we should be just trying to do more of is be present and take that break. Even this week, it's been a tough week and just being honest with myself and checking in and saying, you know what, take a second. Okay. It's okay. If you didn't check off every single thing on your to-do list, Mm -hmm. you don't have to be productive. You don't have to work all the time. It's okay. So today I took a 10 minute walk. And that was what I did. And now I'm here. And that's going to be enough for today. (laughs) Okay. I want to shout out to that being enough. Like it's so hard. That's such a hard thing for us to do. I think we really struggle with that. And uh, particularly as Black women, I feel like we constantly want to show up. We constantly want to be above and beyond. You know, you want to look like we've got everything together. You know, I think we're so often used to being in the office space where we're overly showing up, right? Like we want to make sure our makeup's on point, our hair is done, all the work is done. And I think some of that has carried over into this like shelter in place time. And that like, I feel like the same way that I try to overly show up in the office, I'm trying to translate that to this work from home situation where I'm like, do I look cute on the Zoom call? And I'm like, I've definitely had to have some grace with myself that I just this is not normal. I'm not going to have the same type of productivity. Stephanie, I know you feel, you feel strongly about this too. I want you to hop in and tell us what you've been doing. How have you been coping, sis? 
Yeah, Chelsea, you and I are on the same wavelength because when I tell you I have been tired, it's like I go to bed on time and I wake up, like I get to sleep in and I'm still somehow exhausted. Um, but that being said, you know, I've, you know, I've also been taking it really easy and just taking more time to be present. I'm cooking a lot more. I've been making jewelry. I've been reading books I've been wanting to read. I've been taking naps and not feeling guilty about it. Um, which is tough because, you know, I am a bit of a recovering workaholic. And while I've managed to strike a pretty healthy work-life balance within like the last year or two, I still catch myself feeling guilty for not being on the move. And I think that's a lot of us, right? Especially living here in New York City where things are constantly moving. And I don't think you fully realize how much living that way wears on you until you're forced to sit down. You know, when I listen to my body and give myself permission to slow down, um, I just feel great. And I'm just making sure that I've had enough space to do that. For sure. For sure. That's definitely something I struggle with. I mean, we've seen so many memes of like, if you don't come out of this with a business or like, <laughs> and then the other memes that I've been like, nah, if you come out of this with some rest and and you just took some time to yourself, then that's okay too. Chelsea, you you talk about that front-facing camera on these oh, Zoom look. calls, okay. child. Go, let's, let's talk okay. about that. Here's what I'm going to say, Danielle. That front-facing camera will humble you, okay? <laughs> I do not want to Zoom anywhere looking like I do. You don't want to hang out with me? I'm just <laughs> saying, this is for you, not for me. Hey, child, I'm Zoomed out. We Zooming all over the place. We Zooming happy hours. We're Zooming meetings. We're Zooming, Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. It's Zoom-teenth out here, and I can't do it. I can't, Zoom team. I yes. cannot. I can't do it. <laughs> and I think one of the things also for me is I usually wear my hair in braids. And that's something that, you know, you guys know me as in, in the office. I'm always, you know, switching up my hair, but some form of braids. And this has been a big personal, even self-esteem moment because I'm not going to the salon. I'm wearing my natural hair right now. I got my turban on. I got my oils in. Come on, turban and oils. Yes. <laughs> and I think that was something that I had to reconcile with my personal and professional life. That idea has been so ingrained to me that like, if your hair is not perm, pressed or pleated, mm. you are mm. not going anywhere. You yes. know, and this respectability of what I think it means to show up as a Black woman, like you're saying, Danielle, is... Yes. It's something that I didn't even realize was so impactful in my life on a daily basis. Yes. And yes. it's been something that I'm really learning to let go of and also relearn. Yes. It's so ingrained in us as Black women, you know, even if we, even if sometimes we feel like we've grown beyond it, right? Mm. On one hand, it makes us feel our best, right? Like, of yes, course, having your totally. hair and your nails done and your eyebrows done, trust me, the eyebrows are my biggest quarantine struggle for sure. But there is, there's so much respectability, you know, ingrained in being a Black woman. You know, if my hair is not super straight right now, or it, can I wear a turban? You know, I've done a couple of different appearances and like TV mm -hmm. hits and stuff throughout this time. And I'm constantly thinking about like, what do I look like right now? What does my home look like right now? You know, what can these people see? There's so much vulnerability here. Steph, I, I want you to jump in here because you've been locking your hair in this time period. And, and what's that experience been like during quarantines? Yes. Well, real quick, though, because you mentioned brows. I just wanted to shout out my brow lady, Patricia. I miss you. I will see you soon. <laughs> shout out to all the brow ladies who were keeping us together. These brows didn't know what they had until it was gone. Um, <laughs> But um, I started, yes, I started my second lock journey the day before my birthday this year, actually, February 1st. And for those who aren't familiar with the locking process, the first few months are a challenge because depending on your hair texture, it takes a while for your hair to fully lock. 
So I'm still on that stage where my locks are prone to unraveling, especially when I'm like washing them and things like that. And because of this, I had plans on seeing my lactation for at least the first six months of my journey before I started maintaining them myself. Mm. Let's just say the Rona came through and was like, you're going to learn today. (laughs) We all had plans. We all had plans. You thought. (laughs) Yeah, you thought, period. I had my last appointment with my lactician the day before salon shut down and then I was on my own, which actually hasn't been that bad since you basically just leave your hair alone. Mm-hmm. So I've just been on YouTube, you know, watching maintenance tutorials. Shout out to Keisha Charmaine, um, Patrice, whose YouTube handle, I think is BU, and all the other lock sisters out there in the YouTube universe. Thanks to them, I actually did my first retwist on my own a couple weeks ago, and it's held up pretty well. So I think we're going to be all right. You know, shout out to the content creators right now mm. who are really keeping us all together. You know, last season, y'all heard I was preparing to get married. Um, I was getting ready for my wedding. I am now officially married. I am six months into my marriage. And two of those months, child, have been up in these quarantines, <laughs> right up in the lockdown. And and it's been crazy. But I, I, but I do, I have to shout out my husband because, you know, the other struggle in these quarantines has been the nails, my nails. And it's been wild. So here's a crazy story is that my husband actually has one of those, it's called a Dremel tool. It's like that tool that they use up in the nail salon to file down your acrylics and take off your SNS powder and all that. Listen, I had some real Tiger King nails on. So we got to a point where I was like, I got to take these nails off. And I absolutely had my husband turn that little machine on and file down my nails. And he was terrified that he was going to cut off my fingers. Because what y'all don't understand is this tool is usually used to like cut into like wood or metal (laughs) or or skin. (laughs) It is not used for nails. I took off the little head. I was like, listen, use this one. File these junks down. I got some acetone. I got the last bottle of acetone. Okay. And I did my nails for the first time since the fourth grade child because this nail struggle, I don't have time for it. It's just not okay. You know what? I appreciate this. You're about to open Danielle's nail hut. Let me tell you something. I have learned that I can, you know, I'm asking myself, do I still want a $14 beverage? You know what I mean? Mm. I've been making my own drinks. I've been making my own food. But let me tell y'all what I'm not doing myself when the quarantine is over. I'm Mm. not doing my own hair, nails, or eyebrows. I'm just not. (laughs) I'm just not. It's not on the menu. No. I've been talking with my hairstylist probably more than my mom. (laughs) I'm a Libra from LA. So all of those things that you think about an aesthetic is true. Libras. (laughs) And it's not something I can sacrifice, but it definitely is something to think about, right? The things that we're like, you know what? Do we need this? Right, right. And what I have learned in the quarantines is yes, I do need my hair done and mm-hmm. I need my nails done. And Steph, you need your eyebrow lady. And I feel you. I, I feel you 100%. Speaking of quarantining with significant others, who are y'all quarantining with? Steph, what's your quarantine situation? Yes, yes, yes. I have two roommates and I have my partner that I've been dating. We started dating last summer. So when I'm not here, um, since he has a car and I'm able to avoid public transportation, I can split my quarantine time between my place and his, which has been really, really sweet. And it's been such a blessing just having someone to share such a supportive space during this time. I actually remember back in March during that first wave of like panic shopping when everyone was like in the stores and clearing the shelves and buying up all the toilet paper and stuff. He picked me up so we could go to the grocery store together. And on the way back, he's driving and I'm in the passenger seat. He takes my hand in this like sentimental tone of voice. He's like, oh my gosh, babe, it's our first pandemic together. And we just... (laughs) 
fell out <laughs> laughing because it had been such an overwhelming tense day and we just really needed to share that laugh. It's a tough time to navigate the stress and the, the grief, the anxiety. You're not only grappling with your own, but you're grappling with that of like your loved ones. And you're grappling with that of like everybody around the globe every time you read the news and you log into social media. So navigating this pandemic together has created a space for us to be vulnerable with one another in ways that we hadn't been before. Because, you know, every day is up and down. One day you and your boo may be laughing and watching Office reruns together or watching Jeopardy on Netflix. (laughs) And the next day, one of you may get some troubling news about a family member who's not doing so well. So, you know, I think we're not only learning how to be more open with one another, but also learning how to hold each other up in a way that still allows us to respectively hold space for ourselves. You know, being able to communicate when it's like, babe, I just really don't have the bandwidth today. I need some space. I need to meditate. And that's been somewhat of an unexpected blessing. See, that's a beautiful thing to hear. It's very make or break, you know, and you learn a lot about yourself and you're going to learn a lot about that person, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think what I learned in my quarantine is that I absolutely married the right person in that, you know, this individual can like, respect my space and also lift me up. You know, I think you got to laugh to keep from crying. Mm-hmm. There's so much craziness mm-hmm. going on right now. I literally was and about to cry that day. Like, yes. Yeah. You know, so being able to be with somebody that can, you know, it really is kind of like ping pong. There are days where my husband and I have to take to our parts of the apartment. You know, Chelsea, tell us about your quarantine situation. What's your stitch looking like? Yeah. Corners are saving marriages right now. I I do (laughs) know that. I'm an army of one, but I do have a roommate, uh, Becky. Your roommate is a white girl named Becky. Legit. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So here's the thing. No, I know. I know. And we're calling them Beckys and we're calling them Karens. I know. But this person is a real, I'm not going to put her on blast or government name, but her name is Becky and she's lovely. Does she have good hair? She has great hair, but uh, we've been living together for six years. And so she's actually someone who I always see. And at the end of the day, I'm always, you know, hey, Becky, how are you? But I think these past two months have really shifted our relationship. I think for me, I'm more cognizant of the way I'm checking in with her, right? Mm -hmm. So when I'm asking, how are you? I mean it. Mm. And I'm I'm trying to be better about listening to the answer mm-hmm. because I think that's also just something that I'm realizing that there's space for me to have moments, but also I have to give someone else that same space, right? Exactly. And I think it's just, it's given us an opportunity to have some more genuine conversations Yes. when we get off the phone and, and have a bad call. Can we just come back and we're like, you know what? I need to just lay down on the living room floor for a minute. Mm, And mm. we're just all going to be okay with that for a second. Mm. So it's actually been really gratifying to just be able to connect with her in that way and have those moments. And also just to have the conversations that we're having right now with someone else and someone who doesn't look like us too. I love what you said about, you know, when you ask, how are you? And really getting a genuine response. I think, you know, we're so used to being like, oh, how you doing? I'm good. I'm chill. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think we're now in a space where, we are really genuinely answering that question. You know, Mm -hmm. I've this week alone had multiple people asking me, how are you? And my response has been straight up, I'm not okay. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm anxious. I can't sleep. I'm worried about my family that's in the hospital. I'm not okay. 
you know, even to my boss, you know, I'm fine. Everything's good. This mm-hmm. was really the first time that I was able to be like, no, I'm not. No, I don't have everything. Chelsea, I called you this week. Like yeah. I'm logging off, you know, and, and Chelsea, you, you said something that really resonated with me was just how you're showing up in your relationships and how you're taking this time to reevaluate yourself as a friend and how you're showing up for people. Yeah. I think, you know, being honest, um, I am not always the best friend mm-hmm. I can be. I think I, you know, I'm constantly in my own head. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that the support system that I have doesn't get the recognition it deserves. Mm. These past, you know, six to eight weeks have given me a chance to check in with that support system. Mm. And I think more and more as we have to like stay in place and sit in our apartments, we can't let that be the attitude that we try to go out into the world with. We have to still push ourselves, I think, sometimes to make those connections. Yeah. Literally putting good energy out there won't do anything but bring it back. Amen. Yes. And just, again, being more honest with myself about what I need, Mm. not what I think I want or what I think I deserve or what I think I should have, Mm. because then it's a runaway train. Yes. Amen. And, And Steph, I know you've got some strong feelings here because you've actually been reconnecting with some family members during this time, right? I have. Um, yeah, just a couple months ago, I decided like in 2020, I'm going to get more familiar with my ancestry and where I came from. And so mm-hmm. when this pandemic hit, especially here in the city, it really got me thinking like, if not now, then when? So mm-hmm. I actually recently reconnected with my father and I haven't spoken to wow. him wow. in years just because wow. he had such a complicated relationship. Mm-hmm you know, with my mom. Mm. I've reconnected with my uncle Ben, <laughs> who I haven't spoken to in forever, but I'm so glad I reached out because he was legitimately like, listen, if things get too tough up there in the city, you bring your ass down here to North Carolina with me. And that's in order. <laughs> like, he's always been so supportive. Reconnected with cousins. I got to say happy birthday to my grandma, Ola, that I've never met, but I was mm. able to send that message to her. And she said, thank you. Like, so it's been a really unexpectedly beautiful time within all the things that aren't so pretty. Mm, yeah, mm. I love that. And I and I want to give a moment to really acknowledge that because community is so important to us as Black people. I do want to stop for a minute and acknowledge that not only does Chelsea have a white girl roommate named Becky, but Stephanie has an Uncle Ben child. So I... <laughs> Look, where's our sitcom? Okay, oh, Stephanie? Okay. Okay. I don't know what's going on up in here. We checking off all the stereotypes on the Go Off This podcast. Y'all better get with it. Uncle Ben and white girl Becky, okay? <laughs> it's too beautiful. <laughs> you know, I wanted to make a transition here because we're seeing some serious stuff happening in our community right now. Mm. The virus is not only infecting Black people at a disproportionate rate, but killing Black people at a disproportionate rate. And we can't talk about those numbers without acknowledging, you know, the inequities that have existed in this country for centuries. And we've got to talk about the fact that, you know, it's not a coincidence that we are getting the virus and dying from the virus at higher rates. You know, Mm -hmm. we live in a country where Communities of lower income individuals who are disproportionately black and brown do not have adequate access to simple things in life that that honestly make the difference between life or death and are more likely to have pre-existing health conditions. And it is affecting our community. We've really got to look deep into our DNA and think about the fact that, you know, we have set up 
a really racist and classist system in this country that needs to be addressed. And Chelsea, I want to talk to you about this, especially because I love what you said about having a roommate who doesn't look like you and having these Mm -hmm. conversations with someone who doesn't look like you. Yes. I think one of the things that has been really striking for me also, not only the rate at which Black and brown people are contracting COVID, but the odd disparity between getting sick, but also our country completely relying on us, right? Yeah. And I think we've deposited this massive weight on a small, completely unsupported group of essential workers. Yes. Many of whom we know are black and brown. Yes. So I think to your point, Danielle, there's going to be a larger conversation around who we consider essential yes. and who we consider expendable mm. because the message that we're getting is the labor is essential. Your lives aren't. Thank mm. you. Right? Ooh, mm-hmm. What? Is that a word or what? A whole one. That's real. And once upon a time, these are roles, you know, we thought the essential, the essential positions were the ones you had to have college degrees and MBAs Mm -hmm. and JDs and all the degrees. And you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And now here we are and we couldn't live without them. At all. And I think if nothing else, what I've seen and what me and Becky have been talking about. <laughs> what Becky been saying? Look, you know Becky's woke. But I think is is these conversations about race, right? Mm. That I don't think I've ever had with her mm. or a lot of people, again, like I said, who don't look like me. I love that. Absolutely. Steph, I want you to jump in here too, because I know you've got some thoughts. I'm thinking about stories like five-year-old Skylar Herbert, who died from the virus in Detroit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking about mm. like the moms and the dads who are having to go out here and expose themselves to this virus each day and bring it home. And then we see stories like this and it's it's really upsetting mm. and it's really hard to watch. Yeah, a- absolutely. And I love that you said specific names because, you know, I think the numbers are one thing, but, you know, people have names and families. Mm. They're real people. Yes. And that's that's so important to acknowledge. I really want to talk about, you know, what we've learned and, and what we're hopeful for. So, so Charles, what have you learned and, and what are you hoping for in this time? Yeah, I mean, so you guys might be very confused, but I just joined Instagram uh, like two weeks ago. <laughs> I know, again, six years later. I love how <laughs> nobody was ready for you to say, I just joined Instagram. I'm just saying, real G's, real G's, okay? <laughs> real G's move in silence like lasagna. Look, we're going to start calling it Instagram, just because real G's. <laughs> but what I'm saying is I have been blown away by the sheer moments that I've seen captured on Instagram, right? It's something as small as like a meditation or a workout class that have actually been really helpful for me or a baby face, Teddy Riley, IGTV battle that (laughs) went so left, it went right. (laughs) When am I ever going to get Michelle Obama Tyrese, (laughs) baby face, and Tony Braxton in the chat together, reliving these like, It's just big mood. And I think in between all of the up and downs, like that has been what I've been really 
just excited by and mm. thankful for just that we still have those big mood moments that we're moving through it together. We're telling stories. We're having communion. We're, you know, we're wilding out like always because that's never going to change. And mm. also the, the gospel music is hitting real different <laughs> these days. Look, so, okay. So, so that's also what I've been really getting into. Let me tell y'all something about that Fred Hammond and that Kirk Franklin. Okay. okay? And that Marvin Sapp. It is hitting me. We over here having church. We over here having church. Steph, go ahead. Continue to sermon, sis. Um, I'm hoping that during this time of social distancing, that folks are learning to be more intentional, not just in how they care for themselves, Mm -hmm. but how they care for others. And I hope that once this pandemic ends, whenever it ends, that that carries into whatever new normal that we ultimately settle into, even if things are a bit weird for a little bit. Because I think a lot of us are really learning to appreciate many of the smaller things that we took for granted. And we're reevaluating the way that we were living our lives before this. And I think, you know, we as a collective desperately needed to slow down. I hope that everyone's learned the, the value of just like holding space for us as individuals and, and just being better people to one another. Absolutely. I love that. I agree with you both wholeheartedly. And I think the thing that I've learned and the thing that I'm hopeful for and so excited to see as we move forward is, you know, just the way that we've been so creative. I think in this time, you know, not only do we have essential workers on the ground, but I think we've turned to creatives in this time. We've turned to films, we've turned to books, we've turned to stories, we've turned to writers and producers. We're waiting for the next battle. We've revisited music that has just, you know, makes us feel so good. And I'm so excited to see how this changes industries, to see how the, the creativity that's mm-hmm. going to come out of this. Uh, you know, the new shows, the new books, the new companies, the ideas that are going to come out of of this time. And I'm hopeful about that. And with that, we have reached the part of our podcast entitled Don't At Me. And I know some of y'all remember Don't At Me. This segment is meant to tie a bow on the discussion and to ultimately come to a decision and establish a conclusion. And y'all can't at us. Y'all can't say nothing to us. And we said what we said. So I'm going to go ahead and take on Don't At Me this episode. Um, You know, we keep saying we want to get back to normal. But the reality is we should be hoping for a completely new normal. We should not want to return back to, to normal life. We should take our anxieties, our thoughts, our feelings, our creativity, and we should take it to the next level. Um, you know, and I want everybody to understand that when America catches a cold, Black America catches pneumonia. And we're finally starting to have a conversation about race and class that finally acknowledges the structural inequalities that have existed in our country for centuries. Post-COVID-19, we'll likely see data that further proves how minority communities will disproportionately be affected by the virus. Our country will recover from the coronavirus, but it's time we take a much closer look at the virus that has been so pervasive in our DNA as Americans. Stay home if you can. Stay safe. Don't act. Season two of the Go Off This podcast was made possible by Target, your summertime style destination. Sunkissed skin, bold fashion, undeniable confidence, summer is still happening. And this season, 
Target makes it easy for you to celebrate your melanin, soak up some sun, and bring your best summer style to life, whether you're on your balcony or in your backyard. Their inclusive range of summer wardrobe essentials are here to glow you up no matter what. Head over to Target.com or the Target app to check out all the new looks. Because wherever you are, you know we're keeping that same summer energy. I'm so excited about our next guest because I feel like she is my sister sister in my own head. Tia Maori Hardrick is a multi-talented actress, producer, author, business owner, and social media star. She has been in the public eye for over 20 years. We know that you know her from the iconic 90s television show, Hello, Sister, Sister, and classics like 17 Again, Twitches, um, Hello, After School Programming. But you also may have seen her on hit shows like The Game, her cooking channel show, Tia Maori at Home, and now Family Reunion, which was renewed for a second season on Netflix. As if she weren't busy enough, She's also got a popular YouTube show titled Tia Maori's Quick Fix, a couple of best-selling books under her belt, light work, and, oh yeah, a husband and two young kids, Cairo and Cree, to keep it together. Tia, thank you so much for being here with us for the Go Off Sis podcast. Oh my gosh. I am just so happy to be here. I mean, I've already told you guys this. I am a huge fans. I'm all about supporting women and I'm all about just supporting women of diversity. So here we are. Let's go. Yes. Love it. (laughs) One of my favorite things is you will sometimes see Tia up in our comments. It is my favorite. I die every time. I'm like, I'm like, wait, I'm like, yes, yes. I love it. I love it. Let's go ahead and jump right in. I mean, the first thing is, how have you been during quarantine? I mean, you have young children at home. You're trying to work. You're doing a lot. You have a big family who you haven't been able to see. How how have you been doing? How have you been keeping yourself busy, sane, safe, all of the things? Well, you know. I'm very authentic and I always like to keep it real. And, you know, I feel like I'm bipolar, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like there are certain days where I'm like, yes, I got this. I can do this. And then there are other days where I just start crying and yes. I'm just crying because, you know, I'm just overwhelmed. And, you know, I was talking with my friends the other day and through life, I feel like we have a bag of tools, right? And those bag of tools are our survival tools, our survival kit. Mm. And when you go through life, you kind of get used to the tools and what tool to use, you know, whenever something mm-hmm. happens. But this is completely something that's new. I've never experienced this before with everybody else, you know, in the world. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just learning how to adapt and learning mm. how to adjust and realizing that I have to, you know, have this new bag of mm. survival tools. Mm-hmm. I, I just have to learn how to give myself grace and not judge myself within this time and within this period. So I'm bipolar right now. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Mm-hmm. That that is such an honest answer, and I can't tell you how much yes. I appreciate that. Like, it, I mean, I think it's such a perfect way to describe the ups and the downs. There are really high mm-hmm. highs and there are really low lows. We were talking about it. Sometimes you just have to laugh to keep from crying, and sometimes you just got to cry. And it's mm-hmm. just it's everything. And you are very real. You know, I think you you post in such a vulnerable way, whether it's talking about the kids or your gray hairs. How are you able to really show up and be your truest? 
honest and most vulnerable self? You know, for me, it's, it's not really about me. It's about me inspiring. It's also about me trying to change the narrative. And, you know, it started with bullying online and social media. And I've always been an advocate for people who have been bullied. When I was in, I don't even think I shared this with anybody, but when I was in elementary school and high school, I would always tend to gravitate towards the kids that were bullied. Mm. And I have a high sensitivity for people who can't necessarily speak for themselves. And, you know, I am bold. And so I was the one that would kind of like step in and say, look, like this isn't right. This isn't cool. So my point is I want to stand out there because I know that the spotlight is on me and I want to say, look, this is normal for you to gain, you know, 50, 60 pounds during your pregnancy. It's Mm -hmm. normal for you to not lose it right away. Like we need to change the narrative. So if I can do that for other people, then, you know, it makes me feel good. And it makes me feel like, you know, I'm using my platform in a positive way. Mm. I love that. And I think it's so important to see that, especially from a celebrity, we're so used Mm -hmm. to seeing perfection Mm -hmm. and you can feel disconnected. You know, I think you push back on that wholeheartedly for sure. Oh, yes. Yes, I really want to talk food and cooking because I know a lot of us, myself included, are tired of doing these dishes every day. But being that you are in the multivitamin business and you're passionate about proper nutrition, what does a day's worth of meal Mm -hmm. prep look like for you and your family while in quarantine? Well, okay. So number one, like if you follow me on Instagram, I've been cooking along, you know, this quarantine life that we're living right now. And what I have been telling people that's extremely beneficial during this time is when you go to the grocery store, of course, um, we should look at buying root vegetables, Mm -hmm. right? Number one, they're healthy for you. Mm -hmm. Number two, they last a long time. They don't go bad so quickly. The other thing is, Buy ingredients that are already prepped, meaning Mm. they're already cut. So last night I made homemade chicken noodle soup. And when you think about homemade chicken noodle soup, it seems so overwhelming, right? But what I did was I bought a already cooked rotisserie chicken Mm. and I just shredded up the chicken. That saved a lot of time. And then I bought the onions already cut up, the carrots already cut up, the celery already cut up. So my point is, is that you can make great, delicious dishes. One pot dishes Mm. are the best because you mentioned dishes. You don't want to clean up the kitchen, but also I feel that it's important to also support your community and the small businesses within your your neighborhood. So Monday through Thursday, I'm cooking breakfast, Mm. lunch, and dinner. Mm. And then um, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays, we're ordering out. I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. It's a good mix. Yeah. Yeah, you know? And then it's also, you're not also so, so overwhelmed, you know, with the whole cooking kind of thing. Like on the weekend, you get, you get a break, you know? Are you cooking with your husband and kids? Is this oh a time? Like what's the breakdown? Is there right. spaghetti on the walls? Right. Like- That's hilarious. So 
There are moments when my husband is cooking with me, but my husband, he always likes to throw stuff in the dish behind my back. Like when I was making the the, the chicken noodle soup, he was throwing smoked paprika in there. I'm like, what are you doing? That, that doesn't even like, work. So anyway, my point is, I do love having him in the kitchen with me, uh, not this weekend, but the weekend before we actually did on Sunday, we cooked uh, turkey burgers together. And that was a lot of fun cooking mm-hmm. turkey burgers and French fries. And then also to save some time, go ahead and grab the fries that are already pre-cut and frozen. So you can just throw them in the oven. And then the only thing you got to worry about is just making that turkey hamburger, you know, but, um, I do speaking of me time, I do think it's important when you are quarantined with a friend, a significant other, even family, I think it's important to request space. Mm. And it's not something that's negative or bad, you know, just to say, I need, I need those space. Her relationship is hinging by a turkey burger. So <laughs> yeah. you step over there. <laughs> Sometimes that is just true. Right? So there are times I'm like, okay, Corey, I just kind of want to be by myself with my wine. I got this, you know, I'm good. And I think that's hard for us too. I think especially as as people of color, we're, we are so used to community, right? And mm. we're so used mm-hmm. to needing to be around each other. And, yes. you know, I definitely am used to my family looking at me crazy. Like, what you mean you want some, what, you want space? <laughs> like, <laughs> where do you want to go? Yeah, it's healthy. And I think people need to know that and know that like, it's not a selfish thing to ask for. You know, we actually are doing ourselves a favor by taking mm-hmm. that time. And we're actually being better partners and better mm. siblings yes. and, you know, mm-hmm. relatives by taking some time out. Mm-hmm. It is. And I think talking about it up front before the moment happens, because there will be a moment when you're like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed right now. Like, just give me some space. That, that's when it becomes, you know, like, oh my gosh, I didn't mean that. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you just kind of bring it up, you know, in the beginning or as this whole, as you guys create some sort of quarantine routine, just, right. you know, tell your significant other or your family member, like, look, I'm going to need some space. So if you see me off in the distance, it doesn't mean that I don't love you, that I don't care for you. I'm just, you know, giving myself some, some space. Yes. I love that you mentioned that. I think that this pandemic is really teaching us to be better communicators with our loved ones. And that's so important. And that comes from not only the quality time, but again, the slowing down and just being more aware of ourselves and the people that we're sharing space with. That is so true. I was um, speaking to someone the other day about the same thing and not even with our significant others, with just everyone, you know, with your children, Mm. even with your siblings or your parents, if you're FaceTiming with them, this is a time where you are forced to um, listen to the noise that's within you (laughs) instead of, when you go to work, you kind of get distracted and you Mm -hmm. don't, I'll deal with that later. I'll deal with that later. Mm. But guess what? We ain't going nowhere. So (laughs) you're going to have to, (laughs) you're going to have to break it down. Yes. Yes. That's right. I want to shift a little bit because I want to talk about legacy because you have one. Okay. But now to, you know, a whole new generation that's, that's accessing content on Netflix. Yes. So I have two twin nieces. And obviously from the moment I found out that my sister was going to have twins, I was like, so we got to teach them their history. Uh, All of the sister, sister catalog, twitches, like all of it. And to Danielle's point, it speaks to the impact you've had Mm. over almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. You've done it so gracefully, both you and your sister and individually. 
truly. We were so blessed, our generation, to have this diversity on screen. We had, you know, we had you guys. We had Queen Latifah. We had mm-hmm. Chris Summer. We had mm-hmm. Tisha Campbell. We had Brent. Mm-hmm. We had all of it. And some of that representation did drop off a little bit in the 2000s. Oh, and yeah. I would love to hear your thoughts on why you think that is and how how far now, because we're seeing a TV renaissance, how we're moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, um, thank you so much for that. I'm very humbled, you know, and I am very appreciative with just where I am today in life and how I'm still able to do what I love to do. And I, and I walk with that every single day. I have this quote where I say, wherever there is appreciation, you know, there's joy because I'm just happy you know, to just be still doing what I, what I love to do, but you're absolutely right. You know, my son is actually watching, well, he's binge watched family reunion, but he's also binge watched family matters. He's watching that right now. And, you know, we were a part of the, you know, uh, TGIF, the Friday night lineup where you had, you know, all of these great shows. And then you had the living singles, you had the fresh Prince of Bel-Airs. And that's where a lot of my inspiration came from to want to act, to want to be doing what I'm doing today. So, you know, representation does matter because when you see someone like you on television, it makes you believe and think like, wow, if they could do it, I can do it too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in regards to seeing that shift and that change, you know, it's freaking unbelievable. And I'll have to tell you, I will never forget being a part of that. And I'll tell you why. So, you know, when I was on the game, we were a part of kind of the UPN, you know, there was the girlfriends and we moved over to the CW, right? Because um, our show, The Game, was a spinoff of Girlfriends, Mm -hmm. which I believe originated on UPN, but then that kind of fizzled. And then it was like, whoa, where did all of our, where did all of our programming go? Mm -hmm. Um, And what I mean by that is, you know, representation. Mm -hmm. So we were on the CW and what was so crazy was the game was a hit. I remember we were on Monday night at eight o'clock. We were beating so many original scripted or content. And it was crazy how Once we built our audience, they had moved our show from that night and brought in Gossip Girls Mm. on Monday night during that spot. And we were all confused. Why did they move us? And we didn't understand when we actually had built that time slot. Mm. Like we built that up. So that was the first time when I actually started to see this weird shift of not putting programming of diversity as a priority. Mm. You know, it was like, okay, so the game couldn't be your number one show. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was Mm, just really interesting at that time. And and what I mean, the shift for me was how it didn't seem like a successful show of diversity was no longer a priority. So we were so grateful that a few years after that, we ended up moving to BET. And then I ended up completing five seasons of the show. And then we broke records. Right. We're constantly Hmm. continuing to show that there's an audience for us and people just have to get on the bandwagon. And when they get on the wagon, they will see that there is value. And that's one thing that I love about Netflix and how Netflix Mm -hmm. has allowed 
family reunion to be the show of representation, to not take cuts, to not take corners. So it was great that Netflix allowed us to speak from our history, Mm. speak Mm. from our culture. And I truly believe that because they have allowed that authenticity of the culture, our culture to shine through, the show is a success. And now Mm -hmm. we're seeing the Issa Rays. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? We're starting to see these shows where they're giving women of color, you know, a chance Mm -hmm. and control to write their stories, to run their television shows. And I just think it's, you know, it's, it's great. And it's about time. And I hope we continue to have those opportunities. Mic drop. Mic drop. I didn't take a breath that whole time. Yes, exactly. All we can say is thank you for your contributions. Adding to your legacy, you've got this supplement line. I just want to make sure that, you know, our followers know about it. So can you just tell us more about it? Yes. Well, thank you so much. You know, I do have a company called Answer and it's a supplement line. And, you know, this whole call was all about representation, right? Mm. And I have several motives on why I wanted to come out with this line. Number one, I can make this short and sweet, was I saw a huge change within my personal wellness and health journey. I was diagnosed with something called endometriosis, which um, Mm -hmm. a lot of African-American women actually have it. Um, But after several surgeries, my doctor was like, you know, Tia, you're going to have to start changing your lifestyle if you want to see change. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I ended up doing. So I saw this huge shift and I no longer had migraines. Mm -hmm. I no longer had eczema. And the biggest miracle for me was I was able to have my my son Cree. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to come out with a line to encourage women to take charge of their health. Mm -hmm. The other thing that inspired me was while I was on this wellness journey, I did not see representation at all. And I wanted to communicate with the consumers uh, that didn't feel included or recognized. And then the third thing that inspired me about this answer line is, you know, I feel that like a lot of women, it's, it's, it's innate. It's, it's our natural instinct to be nurturers and to take care of other people. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we get lost in that perspective that we forget about ourselves and we don't take care of ourselves. And so Mm -hmm. that's why if you follow um, at shop answer on Instagram. Number one, you see representation. Number two, we have a hashtag called self care isn't selfish, meaning mm. I want women to meditate on that, that it's okay to take care of yourself. Because if you don't take care of yourself, how can you be that best wife or mom or friend or sister mm. or CEO or entrepreneur? It's okay to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. But not only that, I didn't want it to be exclusive because I noticed that within the wellness space, everything is so freaking pricey and Mm -hmm. it should be affordable. Mm -hmm. Everybody should be able to work on their wellness. So check it out on shopanswer.com or you can follow us on Instagram at shopanswer and we'll be there answering your questions and just encouraging you to be the best you. You definitely hit the nail on the head in that, you know, I think especially as Black women, we really struggle with 
you know, putting ourselves first. Mm. And, you know, I do think we, we struggle with thinking that it's selfish not to, mm-hmm. you know, prioritize everybody else. And so I think it's really important. And, and that representation, you know, there are so many wellness brands that you, we don't see ourselves in. Mm. And so I think it's so important to see ourselves in that. Tia, we can't thank you enough. You know, you are just such a, a pillar in the community, Aww. you know, such an incredible example of vulnerability of black love. We know that our girl loves to see black love, um, mm-hmm. you know, just seeing you and Corey and seeing your love and seeing your family, your beautiful mm-hmm. family. Let the church say amen. amen. We went to church today, uh, y'all. Always <laughs> a pleasure, you guys. I am here for you, following you, and rooting you guys on. The Go Off This podcast is a Refinery29 original. It is produced by Chelsea Sanders, Rashad Isaac, and myself, Danielle Cadet. It's edited by Hanger Studios. My co-hosts today were Chelsea Sanders and Stephanie Long. Like what you heard and want some more? Head over to iTunes where you can catch up on all of season one. And don't forget to drop a review or leave a comment to let us know what you think. You can also find us where it all started on Instagram at R29Unbothered. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, it's okay to go off, sis. <laughs>